good evening sir i'm tanvi sharma and i've been watching your videos for some time now uh, where you bring out the real meaning of our religious scriptures uh, sir but when i discussed it with my friends in college they they stopped me and said that the religious scriptures are depicting male supremacy and racism and in this talk they gave me example of hanuman ji and said that hanuman ji depicting as a vanar uh, that is monkey was a way of racially tagging south indians and the second example they gave to me is that that sita ji's loyalty to shri rama was to seek to glorify female chastity which was really very wrong and they don't know in reality the real meaning of these symbols are much more beautiful so so my question to you is that uh, that how can we counter these type of allegations or how can we answer these type of questions to them and i really want to know from you see do you want to win an argument or do you want to know the truth i want to know the truth sir right so if you know the truth huh the truth is its own argument huh? winning an argument depends so much on the intelligence of your opponent right and if your opponent is totally dumb you will never win an argument hmm? so it's not about winning an argument hmm? you see those who talk with a lot of fidelity and respect towards religion they are very similar to those who totally with contempt dismiss religion what's common between these two neither of them really know what spirituality is and how religion simply is about symbols pointing towards the ultimate truth when you do not know what these pointers are taking you towards then you start thinking of the pointers themselves as sacred you see all the stories that you have you are talking of ramayana ramayana is itihas and then there are the puranic stories the stories that you have there they are pointers and there are only three things in spirituality three entities and all stories consist only of these three hmm are you feeling excited some anticipation huh? what are these three about yeah i want to know what are the these three pointers actually <laughs> right so so if the story is religious at all then it will have only these three elements present no fourth element hmm? these three elements are the ego huh? the world the world that appears to the ego the world inside the mind and the world outside the mind both and truth these three ego truth so at the center is the ego i on one side of the ego you could say is the world 
both internal and external world. The internal world is of thoughts and feelings. The external world is of objects, people. Hmm? So at the center is ego. On one side of the ego is the world. On the other side of the ego is the truth. Only these three elements are there in all religious stories. If the story has any religious significance at all, if apart from these three, some, there is something else, then the story has zero religious value, even if it is present in a so-called religious document. Right? So, when you have, let's say, somebody like Lord Hanuman, do you know what he represents? First of all, he is not a monkey. In Valmiki Ramayana, that was composed much earlier than uh, Ramcharitmanas. Lord Hanuman is not a monkey. But people, people have read neither Valmiki Ramayana nor the Ramayana by Tulsidas. So they start thinking that Hanuman is actually a monkey and they depict him with monkey-like features and a tail. Hmm? And you ask somebody, have you read Valmiki Ramayana? They'll say, no, no we, we have not read. And they say, we are Rambhakt. But they have not read Valmiki Ramayana. They do not even know that it is some kind of a joke to depict Hanumanji as a monkey. And, and even the foreigners have started talking of Hanumanji therefore as monkey god. The fact is he is not a monkey. To make him a monkey is a very bad kind of imagination that contemporary Hindus have come up with. He is not a monkey. He belonged to a people who were worshippers of nature. Hmm? And among the elements of nature, they worshipped monkeys as well. Probably, preferably monkeys. Therefore, the name Vanar. But that does not mean that Lord Hanuman himself is a monkey. Alright? Now, coming back to these three. So, so there is, there is uh, Hanumanji and there is Sri Ram and then there are all the challenges that uh, Hanuman has to face in his devotion, in his service towards Sri Ram, right? Can you locate three here? Yes, sir. Who is the self here, the I, the ego? Uh, is Sri Hanumanji. Right. Who is the truth here? Who represents the truth here? Sri Ram. Wonderful. And what events, what people or what phenomena represent uh, the world here? Uh, here the challenge is faced by Sri Hanuman to show his... So, for example, you have to cross over the sea to reach Lanka. Right? That's the world. The, the sea is the... Come on. The sea is third the thing. yes. The sea is the is the third thing, and the sea is the world. Yes. Now, when you look at it that way, then you realize that it is not without reason that the saints have called the world as Bhavasagar. The world has been called as Bhav means existence. Bhav. What does Bhav mean? Bhav means existence. Ha. The one who is in Sanskrit, when you want to address somebody with respect, you say Bhavan. Yes. Hmm? Even in Hindi, huh? Bhav basically means that which is. 
that which currently is that which is happening that which is existing which is existing so bhav sagar means the 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 sea of existence so symbolically that is what lord lord hanuman crossed over and that is what every living being has to do huh but we do not know the pointers we do not know that all stories have only these three elements there is no fourth element so we keep thinking of 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 so many useless baseless and amusing things and we totally miss out on the central thing so unfortunate are we are you getting it it's not about south indians it's not a north indian versus south indian story if you are a person of any intelligence would you believe in these silly demarcations no huh? somebody is from some other region so he is alien how he is <laughs> it's not also even about indian versus american or russian or european or arabian it's not that religion is something that points at the central truth and the central truth is something that is common between everybody and every people and different species your central truth is the same as mine so please tell me is religion pointing at something that is that that separates us or at something that unites us so the basic thing basic thing of religion is to unite us not to separate ha but religion cannot unite ego all unity is possible only at the point of among these three where does unity exist remember the three elements ha um, among these three elements where can unity exist truth only at that point can uh, unity exist if you are not at truth there can be no unity so that's the role of religion to bring everybody to that central common truth so that there can be unity are you getting it religion cannot be about separating one person from the other person or one gender from the other gender or saying one caste is superior to the other caste all that is so silly and so childish is it not but unfortunately you see religion has been used for the most perverse purposes hmm? for the exploitation of of, uh, of people for subjugating women uh, for furthering the caste system and for uh, maintaining superstitions for all kinds of nonsense the preferred vehicle has been religion and that is so bad because religion is meant to take us to the highest point possible go back to these three which of these three is the highest point possible highest point possible can be the third world that is challenging no 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 the highest point who for for whom is the highest point among these three who are you i am the i the central you are the i right you are being pulled on one side by the world and on the other side truth is calling you it is easier you question in this sure 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 you are talking about three things that is the challenges of the world and the truth and the i uh, so what's the fourth thing if we talk about that lie is the fourth thing but it's still 
in the third paradigm that is world so for what so for, from your side what can be the fourth perspective that makes a story alive you know the all the fourth fifth seventh things are contained in the third thing so <laughs> the then truth, what see, is the see, fourth the, point that makes it alive wait wait the truth is one yeah you are what you are yeah and then there are the infinite number of diversities all those infinite diversities are grouped under one common name and the name is world right. so point 3 is actually a common name given to the infinite diversities so fourth fifth seventh eighth tenth all are clubbed under the world so then according to this uh, any story can never be alive then any story can never any story can never be a lie no no for that the story first of all has to have some love towards the truth na if the story has no ram in it how can it be of any use and ram need not be present necessarily by the name of ram ram can be present by any other great name but there has to be some greatness in the story for it to be a religious story otherwise it is a nonsensical story you can have any kinds of stories man meets woman and they marry and they have kids isn't that a very common story 90% of your bollywood movies are are based on this story right man meets woman woman meets man and then there are some challenges and ultimately they have kids they get married and settle down now there is no greatness in this there is ego in this and there is the world in this but there is no no truth no truth in this therefore this story cannot be called as a religious story okay for a story to be called as religious there has to be the sky in it there has to be the love for liberation in it and then it is a religious story and that is how we should be able to filter out all our so called religious stories is there some sky in it is this story pointing towards the ultimate or is the story just talking in dealing in imaginations is this story just keeping us confined in our own biases prejudices etc if the story can liberate you then it's a religious story otherwise the story is just uh, <clears throat> junk a waste of time this hmm okay and so what will you talk uh, what will you what what's your opinion about the sita's loyalty to rama that's only for female chastity no, what will you Give any type of point on this. No chastity or something in this. You see, if the story is to be understood in the right spirit, hmm, you look at Sita as the as a normal person, right? And a normal person is somebody who is a sucker for power and wealth hmm, and status. No, that's what we all live for and die for. yes the common man lives for his desires and ambitions yes now if you if you read the available versions of ramayana ravan did not merely kidnap sita he actually professed his love towards sita you look at sita the individual she could have very easily chosen a lot of gold Lanka was supposed to be a kingdom of gold. Yes. 
not just a city. <laughs> yes. Sir. And Ravan was supposed to be the reigning superpower of the day. Yes. Hmm. He had all the important dominions under his control. And on top of that, Ravan is saying, "I am not just taking you away. See, I have a certain regard for you. I have feelings for you." And Sita, knowing very well that uh, Ram is right now out of his kingdom and he does not have an army, and he is thousands of miles away from his base, Ayodhya, still she said, "I continue to believe in Ram." Why did she not opt for Ravan? And there were there were uh, no wireless communication. She didn't even know. Uh, what was happening on the other side, yeah? uh, across the sea, and uh, she had been held captive, but she said, "No, I, I'm here. I'm here." Why did she continue to choose Ram over Ravan? Uh, one could easily say it was because of emotions, or one could say it was because of uh, fidelity, or as uh, you have just uh, indicated, there will be people who will say it was for reasons of. Uh, the typical indian cultural chastity but those who look at the story in a spiritual way they say sita was choosing virtue over power ram represents be with me what does shri ram represent here in the story he represents virtue and how does he represent virtue virtue in a nutshell on the whole you could uh, yes. you could if you want you could point uh, at flaws in in ram's character and say no ram does not really represent absolute virtue and we agree as a human being nobody is absolute hmm? yes. but but uh, as an aggregate ram does represent virtue right yes he is supposed to be he is shown to be calm patient a protector of the oppressed he is called as patit pavan often he is showing as raising those who have been oppressed look at his interactions with kevat and shabri and ahilya so that's what ram represents virtue look at the way he he restrained himself and was able to shun the the throne and the kingdom he was a crown prince the next day he was about to be coronated yes sir and he said fine if father you want me out i'll go out think how how superhuman that is no the next day you are going to have the kingdom and instead you find yourself uh, on the road along with your wife a newly wed wife and your kid brother and you are out and everything is gone and ram was very patient and uh, he he didn't have to try too hard to renounce all the riches and the power so that's why ram represents virtue are you getting it yes what does ravan represents ravan on the other side represents an inflated ego drunk on power hmm yes so there are so many stories where ravan it is said he is going and he is he is challenging truth himself right and uh, hmm and uh, he has defeated uh, 
<coughs> all the deities, all the devatas and imprisoned them. Yes. In his drunkenness, once he goes and challenges Mahadev himself. Right? Now, now what does Mahadev represent? Mahadev represents the, the epitome of goodness. That's why he is shown to be sitting on the top of the peak. He is at the peak of the mountain, right? He is right there at the top. At the top of goodness. Hmm? So, but he says, no, I'll challenge you as well. It's another matter that he was defeated and frustrated. So, Ravan represents a mad ego. And then who is Sita? You see, now we have three again. Which are these three? Now Sita is I and Ravana hmm. is world and Rama is truth. And Ram is truth, right? So again you have three. And among these three, Sita suffered a lot but kept choosing Ram. So that's the significance. Yes, that's the significance of the story. There is nothing else in that. And if apart from this message, you take some other message from the story, huh, then you are distorting Ramayana. You must represent that Ramayana was not written by Sri Ram. It was written by the sage Valmiki and he wrote it for the purpose of your education and illumination. Ramayana is not an autobiography, or is it? No, no, sir. It was based on the incidents. It was based on the incidents. And sage Valmiki is said to be a contemporary of Lord Ram. When it comes to Tulsidas, he is very recent. Yes, sir. Huh? All, all he wrote was based on the accounts that he read from elsewhere. Yes, sir. So, then why are they writing all these things? They are writing all these things to educate you. Now, when they are writing all these things, it often happens that the personal bias of the poet or the author manages to somehow creep in. That happens. Yes, sir. Because Ram himself is not writing. You could say if Ram himself wrote, then the thing would have been close to perfection. Had Ram being the author of Ramayana, then you could have said everything in Ramayana is great and is to be followed scrupulously. We can't say, sir, then some people will say it's biased, it's been written by Rama. Ah, right, right, very right. Then that kind of objection would have come. They would have said it is not neutral because Ram himself wrote it. Yes, sir. So, yes, true. We can't well, satisfy people. Yes, right, 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 true, true, agreed. So, but now that we know that the Ramayana is not written by Sri Ram. You have to understand that a lot of miscellaneous things will be present in the narrative. A lot of miscellaneous things. Those miscellaneous things must be taken lightly and just kept aside. They are not central to the narrative. Why should they be given too much importance? What is central is the relationship between uh, Ram and Sita. The relationship between Sri Ram and Hanuman. Or the dying words and conduct of Ravan. Or the conduct of Ram when, uh, when his father, Dashrath, calls him and tells him how stubborn uh, Mother Kakei is being. Look at the response of Sri Ram on that occasion. Those are the takeaways from Ramayana. The miscellaneous things you know, they should be taken as, uh, as peripheral. 
one should not accord too much importance to them. Huh? So, the saints have taught you. Sar sar ko gahi rahe, thotha de udai. Take the central message. Hmm? All else must be simply pushed aside. Do not pay too much importance to that. All those things belong to the age of that particular author. And because the author used to think in a particular way, so he put those things as well. And uh, they are to be gently dismissed. Okay, sir. Thank you, sir. Hmm. I got the answers. And I'll definitely convey it to the others as well. Just convey. Don't try to win the argument. <laughs> no, no, sir. Never. Wonderful. <laughs>